That was uh, She Knows This by Kid Cudi, uh, the man on the moon three. As you could tell, um, I really love Kid Cudi, and uh, he's the man. Um, man on the moon three album is terrific. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Off the Dome podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode yesterday. Um, this was a great interview by Corey Levin. Shout out to him. Um, great entrepreneurial advice um, about his experience in L.A., Really great guy. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, please listen to it. It's it's phenomenal. Um, this episode is sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast app. Um, I'm not going to endorse Made Man like I did yesterday, but seriously, I recommend you guys um, buy the Made Man product. I just bought it. It's on the way. It should be around here around, uh, I want to say Saturday or Sunday. One of those two days. Um, so let's get right into it um, on this cold Wednesday day. So here's what was very interesting. It's all about about these superstars in the media or the sports or the entertainment world. Is that I notice that these people tend to have things go their way and they don't necessarily earn it. They don't that they haven't necessarily paid their dues to get what they want, to get special permission, to to um, have certain amenities for them, as a in expense of others, expense of their other teammates, in expense of their other um, um, cast members. What I've noticed about this year is the example of straight up privilege of what you want in life. Um, have you earned uh, having the time to rest and sit out games? Have you earned the right to yell at your employee? at your teammates or your cast members in the movie business or your teammates in the sports business. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, if I'm starting off a little slow with this, um, there was a video that Tom Cruise, that, that of the Tom Cruise rant, he went freaking ballistic, uh, for mission impossible seven. He basically, uh, was rant ranting at the other actors and actresses, or anybody on the on the crew that were not following um, COVID protocol, and he said, "I'm not going to um, say what the entire transcript. But I'm just going to tell you what the basis of what Tom Cruise said was. Quote: They're back in Hollywood making movies right now because of us, because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every bleeping studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you mother, you know what. I don't ever want to see it again, ever. So Tom Cruise, I personally, yes, he went overboard. He, they, I get the point. He wants people to wear masks and not break protocol. Yes, he went a little overboard, but he was right. I mean, and he's earned the right to take accountability and leadership in that, and he's earned the right to um, say that because they're out there making movies, and they're out there because of him. He's talked to all these companies just to make this happen, and without this, these movies happening, we would have no entertainment industry. And Tom Cruise, based off his whole career with the Mission Impossible franchise, one of the top five to six, if you will, iconic franchises ever, 
And as far as um, he's been in some also amazing Oscar-nominated movies, like uh, Magnolia, great, great performance in a great movie. Born on the 4th of July, that was great. And of course, my favorite performance he was in and one of my favorite movies, one of my top two to three sports movies, Jerry Maguire, highly recommend that. Tom Cruise has earned the right to call out these cast members for not following protocol, COVID protocol owner, um, protocol orders because of his career, because of the name he made for himself. Because if he was that guy that was able to just do this, um, just for what, just when he's not earned anything, people think he's a jerk, which brings me to James Harden. James Harden, um, from what, from, there was a report that came out that said, that essentially said that the Houston culture is catering towards James Harden. And what I'm reading in this article, um, was that, was, uh, from a Rockets assistant coach, um, told ESPN, it says, quote, we knew who the boss of the organization was. That's just part of what the deal was when you go to Houston. The players, coaches, GM, owner, all know. I don't blame James. I blame the organization. It's not his fault. He did what they allowed him to do. Before I say this, let me just say this. I'm not a James Harden hater by any means. I'm not going to roast him. I'm just telling you what what I see from what my eye test is. James Harden has, I will say this, will go down one day as one of the greatest scores that has ever lived. I will say that. He was an absolutely talented player. Every year, he's in the MVP conversation. And I feel like every night, you're, some nights you might get 50 or 60. And at worst, he can still score 30 on taking 30 shots and still have 10 assists. Okay, he's a great player. I'm not going to doubt that by any means. But, to, but throughout his entire career, he, with what he's doing by having, by having the Houston organization cater to his needs and having to not show up to film room sessions and sometimes not show up to practices, James Harden has not earned the right to do so. Because it's one thing if you won a championship, right? And, and, like, um, and you have the right to do that. Like what... Like Michael, he won a championship. He had the right to do whatever he wanted. LeBron, he won a a championship, and now he has the right to do what he wants and choose when to practice, when not to practice. The only rule, do not show up late if you go to practice. And none of those basketball players show up late. Kobe, he had the right to do what he wanted because those players demand the respect. Tom Brady, he demanded the respect of any everybody in New England and in Tampa this year. James Harden has not demanded that respect because he has not earned it. Because if you look at it, yes, in all the years he's been with Houston, they made the playoffs every year. I mean, that's a that's in some that's a great accomplishment. But he's never made to a finals with the Houston Rockets. He's never won a championship. He won one MVP award, and that was a great year that he had. 
but he hasn't earned it because he is so lackadaisical. He shows up late. He sets he sets the culture of doing what he wants, and there's and I also blame it on the Houston organization for not having any demand for James Harden. There is no there is no discipline with him, and it bothers me that as NBA that a great player like James Harden. Despite the fact he's never won a championship, let alone he never even was that didn't even make the finals with the Houston Rockets. He can't just show up late to practices. He can't choose when to sit and when not to sit. He can't just hold out like this. You haven't earned the right. Win a championship. Do what you have to do to get this team to the to the finals, which he's not not done once with Houston. And if you look at the blueprint, you look at what they tried to do. They tried to bring um, another complimentary piece for James Harden. They tried it with Dwight Howard once. That didn't work out well. And they tried it with Chris Paul. Now, granted, they were up three games to two over Golden State, although I do think Golden State would have still won that series. But still, Chris Paul was a very big factor with, with the Houston Rockets. And, and unfortunately, they butted heads because James Harden didn't like the way Chris Paul's run the offense. And he was like, you're gone. So, I, so what does he do? He gets Russ. But even with Russ, even the fact, despite the fact they're best friends, what Russell Westbrook said, I'm pulling up an article and, uh, and, and, under Oklahoma City, when those two were together, there was pure straight discipline. There was a very disciplined organization. But in Houston, um, Russell Westbrook um, was was appalled. I'm reading a report on Yahoo Sports for NBC Washington. Um, Russell Westbrook was appalled by the Rockets' laid back culture because he was. There was even a bombshell report that I read on ESPN that Russell Westbrook. Um, was mad at the fact that James Harden was late to a film session, and then he told, and then the Houston Rockets team, the, the players and the coaching staff were waiting for James Harden to show up, and then Russell Westbrook apparently told Mike D'Antoni at the time, Mike D'Antoni, start the film, and Mike D'Antoni's like, wait, you want me to start the film? Do you want me to, but I'm gonna have to show it again to James. Do you want me to show it again, really? And Russell Westbrook apparently held his hands up like this. See, this is what I mean with James Harden. He's not the guy that demands respect of the locker room because he hasn't won anything. He won any championships. He hasn't. He's only been to one finals, and that was with the baby Thunder. He hasn't earned that right yet. And this is what I, I which bothers me, and not just with James Harden, but any person in sports any player in sports, that thinks they're a leader by, despite the fact that they're known by reputation as a great player and one of the top players in the league, so they can do whatever they want. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't do that. You haven't earned the right yet. Like Kawhi Leonard, for example, um, personally, I, you say, I've said on the record, I do think his second championship was a fluke, but still, he won that championship. He has earned the somehow earned the right to load manage. James Harden hasn't earned anything. He hasn't earned that. And this putting the Houston Rockets in a in a in flux and organization because um, he wants to get traded. Um, and and they're forcing Houston in a tough spot because they're essentially catering to his needs 
I mean, we got you a good, we got you Dwight, we got you uh, CP3, we got you Russ, and you botched that, all three of that. And then this, they seem to have a pretty good roster. I'm not saying they're going to be a contender for a championship, but from what I could tell with the Houston Rockets, like with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, from what I've seen in the post, in the preseason so far, personally, I think that they, they seem to be playing well. DeMarcus Cousins, he looks great. He lost some weight. He's moving very well. He's shooting it very well. He's still a force in the paint. DeMarcus is, looks pretty, pretty solid so far in the preseason, as does John Wall. John Wall, um, even though, like, I'm not, I, I'm a fan of his. I'm not a huge fan of his because he is, he is, um, sketchy from the three point shot. But still, he can still attack the paint at will and he won't have to score 20 plus 30 points for this team to be competitive because he has DeMarcus Cousins and he has some good shooters on the team. So he can still be of, of great factor. And I do think he'll be, he'll do some good things with the Houston Rockets. But not even that will benefit, will James Harden will like. Because James Harden wants to go on a short list from the reports that I've read. He, he wants to go to the Sixers. He wants to go to the Heat or the Bucks. You know, let's talk about those three teams with Harden. The Sixers, personally, the Sixers, I think that Daryl Morey, despite the fact that he ripped out a pay, uh, an ad in Houston saying that James Harden changed my life, I don't think he wants to do that because I think he wants to make it work between Embiid and Simmons. And from I know it's preseason, but what I saw from the Sixers last night, um, they 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 look pretty good. They they look pretty good. Um, Joel Embiid looks in shape, and Simmons I think will, will if he develops a jump shot. I think they're going to be tough to beat. So I, I think they'll be a, a contender in the East. Um, the the Nets. I mean, look, we all know how that's probably not going to happen. Kyrie would not want James Harden on the team. They would not get along well. I've reiterated that. So I don't see that happening. The Heat, ugh, no. Pat Riley will just kick, will say, kick rocks. Because you really think he's going to give up draft capital, Bam, out of bio, and Tyler Hero for James Harden? No, he doesn't want to do that. That, 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 that won't work. Um, he just doesn't fit in that system at all. Um, the Bucks, we all know how Giannis and James Harden feel about each other. Uh, we're going to get to Giannis in a second, but that, that won't work. So no, I mean, if he, though, if he's not going to fit well with those three teams that I mentioned, well, at least I'm not going to rule out the Sixers, but. I mean, this is not going to work out um, right now between those three teams with James Harden. So James Harden, if I, I if I were him, I would suck it up and I would just play it out and then get traded at the trade deadline because he the, because he hasn't earned the right to do so. Which connects this to the Tom Cruise situation because Tom Cruise has earned the right to yell for not wearing a mask. And he makes great points about they're relying on us for movies to still come out, for the entertainment industry to still come out. Tom Cruise has, has earned the right to do so because he's had a successful career. James Harden in the NBA, getting to sports terms, 
He has not earned the right. He hasn't won a championship. He hasn't won a final. He hasn't gone to, let alone gone to a finals when he was with the Houston Rockets. So how can you be doing these things and granting all these special permission when you haven't even commanded respect of the locker room and you and you have lackadaisical leadership? I don't blame Russ for leaving. I don't blame CB3 for wanting out. I don't blame Dwight for leaving. If James Harden, if we want to put him in the same class among the championship caliber players like KD, Steph, LeBron, and Kawhi, he's going to have to earn it by winning a championship. He's going to have to earn it. So moving on um, about Giannis, um, about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I talked about yesterday... Um, that Giannis signed a, gr- a huge deal. Um, and LeBron said that it doesn't affect me at all. Um, and LeBron said, um, my quote, my situation and his situation, uh, there, there's no similarities in it. It's totally different. I don't know if I can relate to this situation. All of our situations are different, totally different. They tried to build something great from him, and they obviously did enough to keep him there. I think it's great that he's staying there, that he's committed to that franchise. Okay, I personally I agree with what LeBron has to say because they are not the same. I mean, think about this. LeBron, when he came into the league, he had on his had on his a tattoo that said the chosen one. He did the he did the powder thing to emulate Mike. He wore number twenty three to emulate Mike. Personally, you know how I feel about the goat debate, but that's just what it was at the time. He tried all of these things to to just be his own and to fo- and to follow, or in my case, be better than Michael Jordan. That footsteps, but the problem was. Even though when he was doing the great things with Cleveland and he took arguably the worst finals roster of all time, the 2007 Cavs to the finals where they eventually got swept by the um, San Antonio Spurs. I mean, think about this. He realized that he doesn't have enough help. He realized that even with his play, no no all-star players or no superstars were willing to join him yet. And he realized that he was in the city of Cleveland, and for star players, eh, that's not really an attractable site for other players. Uh, Miami, L.A., New York, all the places that he considered at the time, those were big-time places. Um, and, and personally, yes, there are, there are differences between the two because LeBron – knew that Miami would attract with the weather and and the beach in the beach and and it's Miami okay it's Miami what's not to do in Miami what's not to love about Miami the point is Miami attracted free agents big markets attract free agents and and now and with Dwayne Wade and with that when how he played he attracted LeBron he attracted Chris Bosh to come there to join the, to, and form a super team. And, and that was the start. Giannis, um, with his situation, what I said yesterday, personally, I respect his loyalty for the Milwaukee Bucks franchise. And personally, I, I think he's a great player. He's the PER prince. 
He's a, a Greek freak. He's incredible. Um, but in reality, if he, what I said yesterday about Giannis and what I'm going to say again today, if he wants to win a championship, it's going to be based off his play. If he wants to attract star players, it, it's going to be, it, it is all about his play based off how far the Milwaukee Bucks go if other stars want to join him. Because do you really think as of right now, do you really think any superstar would want to join to want not it's nothing personal against Giannis, but do you think any superstar would want to say, Hey, I want to go to Milwaukee. That's my free agent destination. That's what I want to do great things and win a championship with. Milwaukee? No disrespect to Milwaukee whatsoever. I I, I I drive past there every year on my way to um my summer camp. Milwaukee's a beautiful city. Um in when it's not snowing. I like it a lot. I've driven past there before many times. Great city. But it's the fourth biggest market. Fourth, sorry, not the fourth biggest market. The fourth smallest market in the NBA, along with Golden States and Cleveland's and San Antonio's. So that's not really an attractive free agent destination for one Giannis Antetokounmpo. It, it, it's really not. Um, so in that case, uh, it's really going to be based off of his play and how he does things, um, in going forward. Um, LeBron's situation when he won two championships, uh, with the heat at when a very big market, he decided, you know what? I want to go home and to join Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving's play. And despite the fact that LeBron was able to accomplish great things, it attracted Kevin Love to come based off his play and how he was on the based off of his play and why he decided to go to the Cavs. Kevin Love said, you know what? I'll go to Cleveland to win a championship because of the players with because of the, the roster and the players there. So that so it's really it's not about the place unless you win a championship. Giannis has to win a championship before he can attract free agents. LeBron, I think, personally, he earned the right to attract free agents in Cleveland, even though no free agents or no great players wanted to go to Cleveland besides Kyrie at the time. But he still made it an attractable location because of his play and because he won a championship. So personally, I really think that it was, I think that now Giannis needs to get to work. He's got to win a title. If he wants to make Milwaukee the location, if you want to make the location attract visitors or star players, you make the you make the location work based off of your play, and that's what I have to say about Giannis Antetokounmpo and the LeBron situation. Now, as far as the M- NBA MVP odds, as I was pulling up uh, right now. Um, Luko Doncic, who, by the way, I picked to win the the regular season MVP. Um, he if I'm I'm just pulling up these these uh, odds right now of the MVP list. Uh, Luka Doncic is first with plus four hundred to odds to win MVP. Um, six players have better than 20 to one odds to win the MVP led by Doncic, who's in first plus 400. Then it's Giannis with plus 500, then LeBron with plus 800, then AD with plus 900 and then Steph plus one, 
plus 1100 and then James Harden um 1600 um I, I personally I think it's fair that Luka Doncic is for is should be the odds favorite to win MVP because he is the he is the closest thing to LeBron I've seen. I've never seen anyone besides LeBron like Luka just take over a game with his passing ability. He passes he's made some amazing no-look passes and he's a triple double threat. He's a good rebounder and he can score anytime and anywhere. Um, and also he's a, he is like LeBron, he can attack the rim at will. Um, and he makes other players around him better. He made no names like, like, um, Finney Smith and Wright and those guys better because Luka Doncic was on the court. His IQ and his efficiency is off the charts. What Luka Doncic is. Um, and Giannis at second, I think is fair because he led. The, he had historic PER this past year, and so it's it's fair. Um, as far as LeBron being third on the list, personally, I think it's fair. I don't think I don't personally. I don't. I think AD should be ranked higher than LeBron because AD is going to be playing a lot more games and a lot more minutes than LeBron this year because LeBron is going to be thirty six in two weeks. And he's not getting any younger. And if he wants the longevity achievement of getting to seven championships, to winning champ seven championships, and uh, breaking the Holy Grail Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scoring record, LeBron's is going to have to preserve some games in order for him to achieve those goals. And when we get a vaccine, and when we can go, when things can go back to normal, when there could be an eighty-two game season. So it's really, I think it's 80s team for now, and I think I think LeBron is going to um, get. I think he will get. I think he'll still be the same. I still think he can be a triple double threat when he plays, but he's not going to like dominate every single night on a daily basis because he's not. He is gonna go preserve some energy for the playoffs and when, and in years to come uh, to break the Holy Grail Kareem record and to get to seven championships. So personally, um, he's not worried about the MVP again because he already has the accolades. He just needs that scoring record. He needs the longevity achievements, in my opinion. So personally, I I really think that LeBron at three is fair. Um, I think Steph at five and and James Harden. Um, personally, I think I think KD should be on the list instead of James Harden because, like I said uh, at the beginning of the show. Um, Kevin Durant is is really should be in the list because he's coming back from an Achilles injury and he's out to prove people wrong and he's looked good in the preseason and James Harden's not in the right frame of mind to play with the Houston Rockets. Um, based also, uh, you want to talk about triple double? He ordered a triple double Big Mac <laughs> based off how he looks. Um, he he looked like he ate the old James Harden. I mean, he still played fine last night, but, like, uh, he just doesn't look good, like, physicality and everything else-wise. I think his play-wise, I think he'll be just fine. Um, and Steph at number at number five, I think that makes sense. I think Steph, when I saw the preseason um, last, with the preseason, um, last night, uh, I think Steph looks, looks great. He still had 29 points in a preseason game. He's still going to be Steph. 
He's 33 years old, but I do think he can lead this team and give him a shot to make the playoffs. I think they will, but who knows? I, I, we'll see how Kelly Oubre is in the backcourt. We'll see how Draymond plays. But I think Steph's going to do the same. I still think he's by far – excuse me. I still think that Steph is by far the best shooter out there. That's, there's no question about it. And he is the greatest shooter ever. So, personally, I think Steph at five does make a lot of sense. Now, speaking of Steph, <laughs> oh, God. LeVar Ball um, ran his mouth again by saying that LaMelo would beat Steph Curry one-on-one. Um, LeVar Ball um, said that. He actually said that. He said, quote, stop it, LaMelo. Steph's too little. He's only like 6'3 or 6'2. LaMelo is taller than him and longer than him. Oh, LaVar, LaVar, LaVar. See, I just don't get why he has to say these things. I'm not saying he doesn't love his kids. He obviously loves his kid. He's a dad, for crying out loud. But think about what he's doing to his kids. He's putting them under the spotlight. He's put that by saying these idiotic things like how Lonzo Ball, not not even his rook before his rookie year, uh, Lavar said that he had the same ma- impact that Magic Johnson had, and that and that Lon and that Lonzo is better than Steph Curry, and he all when he hasn't even played a game in the regu- in the rookie season yet. And Lonzo had to deal with the expectations that his dad set. Unfortunately, he had all these expectations. He was very disappointing. And granted, now that he's in New Orleans with Zion, I do think he can have second life. I do think with lower expectations, I think he'll, he'll be fine. He looked pretty good last year, but we'll see about that. But, and with LaMelo, him saying that he will be better, he's better than Steph Curry, first of all, LaMelo Ball is doesn't have a post-up game. Um he doesn't even he can't shoot from outside. And if this was if this was make it take it, um LaMelo would not even play defense on Steph. LaMelo's not a great defender. Steph Steph doesn't even have to Steph can attack the rim at will, but he doesn't have to. Steph can just be wide open from 3 and still make and still make all the shots. LaMelo I I he he doesn't have a post-up game um and he's not even remotely better than Steph. In any way, shape, or form. I do think he... I don't think he's a better passer than Steph, but I will say he's a little bit more flashier than Steph. LaMelo Ball is a rookie, and it's unfortunate that LaVar Ball is putting his kids under the spotlight like they're already kings, like they're the best. When they haven't... When Lonzo's not... It wasn't even... Wasn't even a top five rook. Wasn't even a top five player in his rookie class. Lonzo Ball is not in that in that elite discussion yet, like Lavar says, and he already put so much pressure on him. And if Lavar didn't say these things, I think Lonzo would have less of a spotlight and would play a lot better. And it, and look with in Lamelo's situation, I mean, he, now I'm gonna be watching Charlotte games. Because of of what Lavar said about him beating Michael one on one and Lamelo doing the and Lamelo being better than Steph, I want to see it 
because LeVar is the ringleader in all these things, and he's saying all these things because he truly, either he truly believes it, or he's a great marketer, or he's just a great market mind. Personally, I think that he's putting his kids under very, very tough spotlight, and I don't like how he's and how he's made his kids, unfortunately, have to live up to these expectations. I think it's very disappointing. And hopefully LaMelo can have a good rookie year. But the stuff he says LeVar does, if he's trying to gain um, attention out of it, I think it, it was in, in entertaining the first time when he said he could beat Michael one-on-one and talked about how good Lonzo was at, from UCLA. I think it worked at the moment. But I think his tactics are becoming a little bit too outdated for my taste. Um, but hopefully, I, I, I'm rooting for Lamelo. I do think he, I hope, hopefully he can make the Charlotte Hornets competitive again. They have a nice little young core. We'll see how him and Gordon Hayward work and Terry Rozier and B.J. Washington work. But I just don't like how, his, how, his, how he's putting his kids under the spotlight in this big fishbowl when they haven't earned anything yet which is at the top of my show where I said, if you've earned the privilege, you've earned the right, you've earned the, if you've earned the right, you've done something extraordinary in this league. And they haven't even done it yet. And that's my take, my piece on that whole um, rights and the whole privilege thing is relates to Harden and Lonzo and the Ball family. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to get at. Now, um, my last segment for the show... Um, let's talk about the, uh, uh, Mahomes versus the Saints, uh, coming up this Sunday per, in the spread. So I'm looking at Fox bet right now between Mahomes versus the Saints. Actually, this is my second to last segment. I'm going to talk about this game and the Chargers Raiders tomorrow. My second to last segment. So I'm looking at Fox bet right now, the Chiefs and the Saints. The Saints are plus three at home right now. Personally, I think it's a pick 'em because the, we saw what the Miami Dolphins did to Patrick Mahomes last week, where they were where they made Mahomes with some indecisive throws. You saw what Xavier Howard picked that ball off, um, and Mahomes just didn't make was very indecisive, um, and the defense on made him go all the way back to like half the distance to the goal and get sacked on third and long. So the defense, I think, kind of got after Mahomes in that way. Um, and Mahomes is going up against a defense, despite the fact they let up big yardage to Jalen Hurts. I said earlier in the week, I giving, I'm giving them a slight pass because, uh, because they did, there was no real footage on Jalen Hurts. The Saints still are the second best defense in the league. They still are the second total defense, and they're the second best pass rushing defense. So they are definitely going to get after Mahomes um, in in a lot of ways. Um, and I, it's going to be very interesting to see the corner matchup between the, the corners uh, like Janoris Jenkins and Marcus Williams go up against Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman. That's going to be very interesting to see. I think the defense actually can get after Patrick Mahomes and make him be very decisive with the ball. Um, and I, I really think that this will be a very close game this Sunday. 
Uh, I don't like this matchup for Mahomes at all um, against a good pass rush, a good secondary. I still think he's going to put up numbers. Um, he's still going to throw for 330-plus yards. He can't not do that, even if it's against a great defense. But I don't like this matchup because of the fact that this that the Saints defense is just too good on every level. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm the best offense in the league against the top two defense in the league. And ironically, these are the two teams I picked to go into the Super Bowl. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. I'll say this. There's no word about Drew Brees as of right now, what Ian Rappaport said. He is unlikely to play. Um as of right now, and according to Adam Schefter, I'm reading, the Saints won't rush Drew Brees back from Week 15 injury. Um, the likelihood I've read is that it's not looking up right now. Um, and Taysom Hill, here's the thing. I like Taysom Hill, he's, but he's he makes very inaccurate throws from time to time, and I don't know if I could trust Taysom Hill for the long term. And if you look at the teams that Taysom Hill has played against, played against the Falcons twice, he beat the Broncos, which we all know how that situation turned out. Um, and he, but when he, when there was enough footage on him, the Eagles exposed him. So I, I really just don't like how, I really just don't like this matchup uh, for Taysom Hill because the Chiefs now have footage on him. And I don't know if I would trust Taysom Hill for the long term. I think in this case, unfortunately, I would go with Jameis if Drew Brees isn't playing. There wasn't there was at least not enough footage on Jameis Winston this year to tell if he was to, to know his tendencies from this year. Um, so if I would do that, I would shock everybody. I would go with Jameis. And if if Breeze is not healthy Sunday, I would try something new and I would go with Jameis Winston. But I could be wrong, though. Um, I do think if Drew Brees was playing, I don't know if I would if I would if I I would probably make it a pick'em game. But I think the plus, Chiefs plus three minus three I think it seems fair as of right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints pulled off an upset because I do think they can get after Patrick Mahomes, and I do think their secondary is one of the better secondaries in the league. So it will be very interesting to see. Um, I think plus Chiefs minus three is fair. My final segment for the show, this is that was my second last. My final segment for the show is the previewing the Raiders versus the Chargers for tomorrow night. So the the Las Vegas Raiders, I'll say this. They're bo both defenses are terrible. <laughs> both these defenses are, are bad in the in in a lot of ways. Um uh, the Vegas Raiders, um, I'm just pulling it up right here. Out of the 32 teams in the league, they're 25th in total defense, and they let up big yardage plays per game. Um, they are currently uh, 25th in big-time plays allowed. That's not good. The L.A. Chargers defense is, is also pretty bad, They and even though they did come to play and did force three interceptions on Matt Ryan – that that those those two were the two biggest choking teams in the league this year. So both those teams wanted to give up that game. Um, so I don't trust really any defense right now. 
Um, I, I think that the Atlanta Falcons, uh, sorry, I think the Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr, I think is still having a good year, although he has had five interceptions in the last five games. So that's a little concerning. Um, the, the, for the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert's still great. He's having, he's having an incredible year so far. Um, he, they finally have a, they have an amazing replacement for Phillip Rivers. I think he's going to be great in this league for a long, long time. Um, Justin Herbert on the year, um, 25 touchdowns, 10 receptions, and he's, I, he's top 11 or 12 in passing yards. He's been great. Um, the Vegas offense, they still have Josh Jacobs. They still have Darren Waller, who's pretty good, who's very good, one of the better, turning into one of the better, the, one of the better tight ends in the league. So it will be a very, I think it's going to be a shootout between these two teams. Both these defenses aren't good. But if I were to pick uh, the division rivalry, I would take the Raiders because they know that if they lose, their playoff chances are done at this point. And I do think Derek Carr is going to – this is a good defense. This is a good cha- chance for Derek Carr to exploit this, deplete, this depleted bad Chargers defense. I think he can do that. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout, and I do think it's going to come down to a field goal. Um, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say – I'm going to say 41 to 38 Las Vegas Raiders at home. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, None of these teams are going to play great defense. So I'm going to take the uh, Las Vegas Raiders to win this this game. All righty. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. Um, Tomorrow, just a quick announcement. Tomorrow, I'm doing my Matchy's Most Mesmerizing Movie List, Volume 2. We're going to be talking about the Coen Brothers films, uh, the select films that we think that me and um, my guest for tomorrow, Andrew Brichetti, think are great. So be aware for that. Um, the Matchies Mesmerizing Movie List, Volume 2, coming tomorrow. Um, until then, have a good day. Go get them.